when I was um, in high school, ninth grade, I think it was, I um, was made to do laps by a teacher who disliked me. Um, and she said so later on when, when after this happened. Um, and I ended up having an asthma attack. Uh, I, I had bad allergies, but didn't know that it was like actual, honest to goodness, asthma. And when I was taken to the hospital and they called my mom to, to come get me, she wanted to know if I was good to go. And they said, no, you know, but he's here. And she said, oh, well, um, let me know when he's good to go and I'll come pick him up. And that caused a little bit of controversy in the family, right? And my relatives, my aunts, uncles, etc. Because they were like, your child was in the hospital and you didn't go to his side. And uh, she said, well, uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a pulmonologist. What was I going to do for him by rushing to his side? And in the Mexican-American culture, there's this big, big need to be by the side of somebody who is sick. And in fact, you're seeing a lot of it right now with people who are passing away from COVID-19. That because of the restrictions, a lot of people can't be with each other. And I think that we're getting tired as a society of not being able to be with each other, even when we haven't been with each other for years before the pandemic. So let's talk a little bit about our needs to be with our people, shall we? A few weeks ago, my mom was diagnosed with COVID-19 and she wasn't feeling well. And I talked to my brother and I frankly asked him if he was able to handle things as far as keeping in touch with her and keeping on top of how she was doing because of work. I just didn't have the bandwidth at the time. And frankly, I don't I don't have the bandwidth right now. <laughs> you all are just my my therapy couch. So um, I, I we kept in touch with her. We kept checking in. She checked in with us and she's doing much better now. But the the criticism was there from some of the extended relatives of why didn't you rush to her side? Why didn't you rush to be with her? And the joke was, well, I'm not a I'm not a physician. What am I supposed to do? But it was more about not wanting to um, do the things that we keep telling people not to do. We keep telling people that they should avoid traveling. They should avoid um, non-essential travel. And people say, well, it is essential that I be by the side of the person who I love and is having a rough time. I need to be there for them. And this is true. You do. It would be good for that person for you to be there next to him. But I have to wonder how much time before that were you not there for them? And all of a sudden now you are. And is there an alternative, a safer way for you to be there by their side without having to expose yourself to a deadly virus that is killing other people and probably carrying it back with you when you come back? So I've noticed that a lot of people are justifying their travel this holiday season with, you know, uh, you can't, you have to live your life. Life is short. I haven't seen them in a while. I want to be there for them. And I've noticed also that it's not so much that. I think it's just exhaustion and wanting to do something different and wanting to not be stuck. And we have come to be accustomed to that in the U.S., right? Of jumping in the car and going somewhere for a vacation. Of traveling uh, by airplane to some faraway destination because we're all spread out throughout the whole continent. And we just kind of want to do that now even though the pandemic has now claimed 300,000 people. You know, if people stop traveling and stayed home where it's the safest, even if even if they do go to work and they wear a mask, if they just went back home and didn't do other things that they don't absolutely need to do, even if they just went to work 
if they just went to the grocery store, if they just went to the doctor when they felt sick, if they just went to the pharmacy to get their medication, if they stopped congregating, stopped having parties, stopped going to the gym and working out together, stopped hanging out at each other's place, stopped having play dates with the kiddos because, you know, the kids are not getting sick, so they're going to be okay. If we stop doing that, those 300,000 would probably be a lot lower number. But we cannot justify that to ourselves in our heads because then we would be the people who were responsible for 300,000 plus deaths and we are not evil in our own heads and we don't like to think about those things. But the reality is that if people had followed public health recommendations and not have all those rallies and even some of those protests and, you know, people who refused to wear masks, if they wore their masks, everything would kind of be better right now with this pandemic and we wouldn't be in this situation. Day after day, I have a lot of colleagues who go out and they have to deal with outbreaks and they have to deal with people who are sick and they get to see the disruption to daily life that the virus has caused. And they just kind of, you know, sigh like I just did when they hear from people that I want to get tested because I need to travel for Christmas to go see my family. I need to get tested because I traveled for Thanksgiving to go see my family. I need to get tested because I'm having a rather large family gathering. Um, when the health officers have to shut down a party or the police has to get involved because people are congregating too close to each other because, hey, we're free and real free people don't ask for permission. You know, we get frustrated because we have seen 300,000 people die. On September 11, 2001, 3,000 people died and we were all shocked and we demanded action and we invaded other countries and we got a lot of our own soldiers killed in that process, over 3,000 deaths. 300,000, we can't quite fathom that, right? And we kind of just, we don't see the virus as a threat. Certainly, like... Muslims were seen after 9-11 as an actual physical threat, like people who want to do something to us. They're not. <laughs> Terrorists do, uh, not Muslims. And so, but we don't think of the virus that way. We think of the virus as something that is t killing the weak, the innocent, the sick, the people with previous medical conditions. And we kind of justify that in our heads that it's okay. And so we travel and so we go places and do stuff. It's, it's very human. It's what public health has fought against uh, since the inception of public health. We tell people to do something, they don't do it because they don't want to, because they feel that they know better, because they feel that we're putting some sort of restriction on them. And by God, we're free people and the government can't tell me what to do, even if the government is telling telling me what to do for my own, uh, my own benefit. So that is where we are. And unfortunately, um, we have a few more months of more people dying. We're probably going to hit half a million by the, the, the time this is all said and done. But we're not going to blame each other for traveling, for having parties, for going places that are not essential. We're just going to like say, yeah, it was the virus. Or we'll blame the Trump administration for, you know, the dismantling of the surveillance systems that would have stopped the virus from ever getting out of China. Or we'll, we'll blame China for letting the virus get out of China. <laughs> or we'll find some other thing to blame, but we will never blame ourselves. I will never say I went uh, to meet with my family for Thanksgiving and then probably triggered off some, some epidemic. I will never say that I jumped on a plane to go see a friend or go see family and brought the virus somewhere or at least, you know, uh, allowed those things to continue. We won't say that. We'll we'll justify it. Just just like other people justify things that they do that are not in their own best interest. They're not in the best interest of their community um, because that's just a human condition. So here we are. What we will continue to do, those of us in public health, is we will continue to fight. We'll continue to work the outbreaks, try to control them, 
uh, we're exhausted. We feel like Sisyphus, you know, taking the the big old boulder off the the mountain only to do it all over again the next day. Uh, and and that's that's okay. We signed up for this. That's this is our job. Some of us are getting paid well for it. Some of us are not. Some of us are working for peanuts. Some of us are not. Some of us are becoming famous. Some of us are not. But we all are doing their doing our darnest and our best, and we're, we're going to keep on doing it. In every story, right? Every story in history, there's a, a good guy and a bad guy. There's the the hero and the villain, and we're the heroes. We decided to be the heroes. We decided to be the adults. We decided to be the ones that protect others because I don't know something told us to do that. So uh, keep on washing your hands, wear your mask, stay home. Home is safest. And if you choose not to, I will completely understand if you choose to justify it to yourself. You don't have to justify it to me. Thank you. <laughs>